0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet. It is bloody hot in the UK here today, I tell you what, maybe our iced tea will be appropriate today. This is episode 140, we're jumping into our slash Entitled Parents. If you like our show and want to support us or just want more episodes, check out our Patreon, they're over there. But without further ado, let's jump right into it. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the hottest podcast recording on the internet. I hope you appreciate I am literally sweating to death to get this episode done. Our first story is Jace Siffit. My lawyer uncle and my doctor aunt tried to violate my contract. Background I am an 18 year old guy and I just moved to Utah in May of 2021 after living in a different state for 18 years and had just finished my senior year of high school. I had never worked a full-time job, but I had worked three part-time jobs in food service and retail. After moving to Utah, my uncle texted a group chat of all my aunts and uncles on my dad's side, plus my parents, in July of 2021. One of their two live-in nannies was moving back to Brazil for a family emergency. They asked if any of the young adult nieces or nephews wanted to come live with them in Connecticut and be a live-in nanny until December of 2022. Well, I didn't have a job at the time and was actively looking for one, so I told my mum, who asked if I would be interested, to let my aunt and uncle know that I would be willing to go. I didn't really know my aunt and uncle very well. I had only really interacted with them at big family gatherings that we had every four years, So after one and a half months of interviews and getting a contract signed, I packed the bare minimum of what I would need in a carry-on, personal items, my backpack, and one checked bag and flew to Connecticut. The contract stated I'd be getting $375 a week and all my food and housing, Had a room in the addition of their house, car, and phone bill would be paid for. Some relevant info about pay was that the other live-in nanny had all the same benefits but only $200. I had to get them to raise my pay because I wouldn't go if I was only getting $200. The contract also stated that the household chores such as the boys' laundry, sweeping, vacuuming, cleaning various rooms in the house and a few others were to be completed by both nannies. There was a clause that said if one nanny was doing more of the child care, then the other nanny would take care of more of the household chores, but not all of them. Now that clause is very important. The last relevant info of the contract was that any amends to the contract must be agreed on by both parties. This would take a new contract signed by all parties involved. That same section of the contract also states that the contract is in effect for a month if either party terminates the contract, i.e. we each need to give each other a one-month notice of termination. The Story So, I arrived in Connecticut in mid-October. The first two months went well enough. I wasn't used to working full-time, but I managed. And around uh, two weeks before Christmas, I started to interact with my aunt a lot more. Not knowing a lot about her, I was excited to get to know her. After a while, I started to notice she treated me like a kid. I was taken aback by this because I was taking care of her four kids, yet she treated me like one of them. I brushed it off for the most part. Then, about two days before I flew home for Christmas, she made a comment to the oldest. Big boys don't cry, they work and fix a problem, not cry about it. This really pissed me off because she was a child psychologist. A comment like that is one of the reasons I have trouble expressing my emotions. With that as her job, she was the last person I expected to make a comment like that. I left two days after to go home to Utah to spend Christmas with my family. Enter the first week of January, the week I got back from Utah. I come downstairs one morning to see a piece of paper that says, OP's to-do list. Now, this to-do list has every single household chore that the contract states the living nannies have to do. Now I don't like confrontation when I can't control most of the situation, so I call my mum and let her know what happened. She tells me to talk to my uncle and tell him that this is a violation of my contract. As a lawyer, my mum was surprised that he would make this list as it directly violated the contract. I go and talk to my uncle later that day and show him the list. He tried to argue that the household chores don't need to be split 50-50 citing the clause underneath. I then point out the final line of said clause, being that not all of them could fall upon one nanny. He then took the list and crossed off the line that said, pack a snack for the boys for school, and said that the other nanny would take care of that. This was the easiest task of them all, by far. At this point, there was nothing I could do. Two weeks later and I'm struggling to get all these chores done by the time I'm done working. My aunt and uncle have noticed this. To help me get better at getting them all done, they just give me reminders every so often on what needs to be done. This is, if anything, making me more stressed than I already am. Now after a week of this, the other nanny's contract is expiring. Instead of renewing, she leaves to go to work for a different family, about 30 minutes away. During this time, my aunt and uncle interview and hire a new nanny. The new nanny is waiting to get a visa to the US. It's a week before they would arrive in the US. During this week, I'm now tasked with 100% of the household chores. I'm working about 12 hours a day from Monday to Saturday. I spend this week working my ass off to try and get all the chores done and take care of the four kids. As to be expected, I fall behind. I can't complete their laundry list of items I should get done by the end of the day. I get those reminders of all the tasks I haven't done, needing to be done. That week feels like it took an eternity. By the end I'm so stressed I'm having panic attacks at the end of every day and crying myself to sleep almost every night. The start of the next week, the final week in January, the new nanny arrives. He's a super nice guy. He's able to get the hang of stuff very quickly. I start to feel a huge weight off my shoulders when he arrives. That week passes without much happening. I get into a groove and my stress levels are down. Then, Sunday arrives. I'm about to go to bed after a long Zoom call with my girlfriend at the time. We'd been long distance since my move in May, when I get a text from my aunt asking me to come downstairs to talk to her and my uncle. I'm a little confused as to what it is they want to talk about, but I go downstairs to talk to them. They both explained that I'm not doing well enough for them to feel good about paying me my $375 pay. They told me that if the other nanny found out that I was getting paid more for doing what they felt was less work, it would be a difficult situation for them. They wanted me to lower my pay to the $200 that the other nanny was making. I'd be able to get back my $375 by proving to them I could do the work. As I said, I'm not a fan of confrontation when I cannot control the situation. So I said okay and quickly ran upstairs and cried for a solid 30 minutes. Afterwards, I called my mum to explain what was going on. My mum told me what they were doing was not okay by any means. In fact, it was quite illegal. She told me that I was going to need to stand up for myself and tell them no. I was so emotionally charged I decided to wait till Monday to confront them about it. Monday I was thankfully off, I took the day to prepare myself emotionally as well as get a game plan for what to say. I waited till later that night to talk to them, so the kids wouldn't overhear or distract me. I told them that cutting my pay down was illegal, that it could only be done if a new contract was drafted and signed and agreed on by all of us. Even if that was the case, which it's not, it would still take a month before coming into effect. I told them that I refused to sign another contract without pay. I only took this job because of the higher pay. I gave them an ultimatum that they either pay me my full wage moving forward, or this was my month's notice. They both whispered to each other for what felt like an eternity, turned to me and said, I guess it's your one month's notice then. I told them okay, and that they still had to pay me $375 for the remainder of the month. They looked at each other and my uncle said that they would go week by week to see if I had earned the 375 that week. I told them that that was okay, but if they decided I hadn't earned 375 and they paid me the 200, I would leave at the next Monday, as that would be a violation of the contract. And I would therefore consider the contract null and void and leave. My uncle backtracked real quick, saying, Well, OP, I don't know that this is the best decision for you to make. I can't make this next part up. I think it's more about the spirit of the contract than the letter." My uncle, the lawyer, said that gem. I had to hold in my laughter. I started to walk upstairs and responded as I walked away. I wonder how that would hold up in court? Hmm, food for thought. As I walked to my room, I felt so powerful and had the biggest grin on my face. That night, I booked flights for a month in advance and paid for the option to change flight date without paying a fee so that I could change my flights and leave if my pay was docked. For two weeks, I felt so good, had a wave of relief that felt like all that weight I'd been carrying was gone. The second to last week of my stay was about halfway through when my aunt and uncle used their kids to try and manipulate me into staying. The kids would say things like, OP, why are you leaving? Mummy and Daddy told us it's because you hate us. You don't hate us, do you?" Among others. Then came Friday, the day I get paid. I wake up to see I only had 200 deposited into my bank. I was supposed to work that day and the next. I wasn't supposed to start till 1pm that day. I texted my aunt, who handled my pay, and told her that 175 was missing from my pay this week she told me that i hadn't earned my full wage this week i told her okay guess i won't work for the rest of this week she then came and banged on my bedroom door demanding to come in i told her she could come in she opened the door and began to yell at me that i had to work i was on the schedule who was going to take the kids to their swimming lesson today i said i don't know it's not my issue she got super red and went off on one saying yes it is you're on the schedule today. It's your responsibility." To which I replied calmly, Well, if you pay me the other 175 you owe me, then I'll gladly do that. But since I haven't earned it, then why should I keep working? You violated the contract. If you don't pay me, then I won't work. Simple as that. Also if you don't want to pay my legal contractual wage, then I'll also move my flight to Monday. She gave me a look I can only describe as the look of death and said, You're right, you haven't earned it. It's more about the spirit of the contract than the letter anyways. Please, we're family. Why can't you just stay and help us out? All I said was, it's not my problem if you don't pay me. I could very easily sue both of you for contract violation and win. But you're right, you're family. So I won't. I should help family, right? She just stormed off. I ignored all the calls and texts from my aunt and uncle about me needing to do this or me needing to do that. I waited until the end of the day to see if I got the 175 that I was owed. I wasn't surprised when it didn't show up. The next morning, I called and got my flights changed to the following Monday. I screenshotted the flight confirmation and sent it to both of them to show I was actually leaving. I again ignored all the calls and texts about you need to do this or that and asking me to reconsider. I spent that day and the next packing up everything I had. Sunday evening, I got a text to the group chat with my aunt, my uncle and the other nanny. With that week's schedule, it had me working Monday to Friday. My aunt and uncle had to go into the office on Mondays early in the morning. I wasn't supposed to work till the afternoon. On that Monday morning, after they left for work and the kids were at school or out with the other nanny, I left a note on the counter for the other nanny and my aunt and my uncle. It was just a goodbye, nothing fancy. I got in an Uber and got on my plane home at noon. When I landed in Utah and turned off airplane mode, my phone blew up with texts and missed calls from my aunt and uncle asking where I was, I was supposed to be working, etc. I sent one text to them saying, I left a note, I told you I was leaving today, just because I'm on the schedule doesn't mean I have to work, good luck finding a new nanny. And then proceeded to block them, and the other nanny. When I got back to my house, my mum and dad told me about all these things my aunt and uncle said I did. I told them, and showed them all the texts and call logs. My dad then called my uncle and gave him an earful about disrespecting me and how if it was him in my shoes, he would have sued them both no question asked and hung up. It's been four months since then, and my aunt and uncle have been all but cut out of my dad's side of the family once they tried to use them to get to me and my parents. I'm now working full-time at a much better job, and I've learned how to stand up to unreasonable bosses. Our next story is from Maupi Father thinks he's entitled to me This is about me, 28 female and my biological father, male of some age As you can tell, our relationship is strained I seriously don't know how old my father is I guess I could calculate it, I just really don't want to bother My parents divorced when I was super young and I stayed with my grandmother and uncle, my father's youngest brother And since I had no other male figures in my life, my uncle became my dad. When I was 14, he married my mother and became my stepfather in a legal sense. But for the first 14 years, it was grandma, dad, and I. And court ordered summer holidays. Dad seriously wanted the best for me, and he thought that keeping me in contact with my father and stepmother would be the best for me. Spoiler, it was not. It really fucked me up. When I took too much dinner on my plate, I had to sit and eat it all. If I did not manage, I had to wait till bedtime and then eat it for breakfast, cold. If I could not do it, lunch, cold, then dinner. The most I remember, three days. I have IBS, so I was extra fucked. I was locked in my room for basically anything. Although that's still better than the innocent slaps. In the mornings when I awoke before them, every room other than a small guest toilet was locked. Once, my stepmother took all my pocket money from me because I spent it in useless trinkets. Trust me, I did not understand, I was always told my money is mine and I can do as I please with it. Not that I got it from them, my pocket money was from my dad. My half-brother came in the picture when I was six. I will never forget how I went to the bathroom in a fast food place before eating. And my brother ate my burger while I was gone. Their response? Survival of the fittest. I must have been 10? 11? And no, I did not get anything else to eat, nor was I allowed to buy myself food. While all of this is not yet entitled, I feel those incidents paint a pretty good picture in terms of what my holidays were like. I was always happy when Dad picked me up. I was told later by Dad that my stepmother told him, We will get her, whatever it takes, she's ours. I had a very solid social worker and dad wanted me to be a part of the decision, so it never happened. One day, around time for pickup, dad was late. That was on purpose. My brother was now in the picture and my dad considered actually having me live with them. You know, a real family instead of uncle and grandma. He changed his mind after I cried from the moment we left their driveway until we arrived home. I was so afraid he would actually leave me there. Now because my grandmother is still alive, I tried to keep the peace, called on birthdays and stuff. And exactly that happened recently. I called my father. Listened for around 30 minutes to all kinds of conspiracy shit and how sad it is that teachers can't properly punish children anymore and just said as little as possible. For me, the kicker came when it was time to hang up. You could really call more often, not only on birthdays. Me? You know you have a phone too? Ha, nice try. This is your responsibility. My fucking what now? He really thinks that. He did not even call me when I was in hospital in February. I did that to inform him. This is the second time we had the exact same conversation. It's my responsibility to keep a relationship. No. No, it's his privilege. That was the last call from me ever. I am not property. And I'm rambling, I know, but this was just heavy for me. For all the years I spent trying. I actually have the most amazing dad in the world, I can leave that idiot in the dust. I'm actually working on adult adoption right now, so that should anything happen to him later in life, I'm not liable for financial support if he actually becomes my responsibility. Right, guys thank you very much for listening it's way too hard for me to ramble on peace out guys i'll see you in the next one
1: do you enjoy science spooky stories and all things paranormal we do too While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast.